folks, back on the Boss Man Show. Got another guest from Northeast Tennessee, a friend of mine, Brad Bats, Jesse Caitlin, come on the show. So I have her here, Caitlin Yarbrough with me. Caitlin, how are you doing? Got to talk to you on the show. How are you doing up there? We're good, as good as can be, trying to be. Um, doing all right, just out here making sure people's rights aren't being infringed upon. I hear that. And before you get started, tell us about the organizations you're a part of and what you all do up there in Johnson City and Jonesboro and the Tri-Cities area. Sure. Um, so I am a small business owner. Um, my husband and I are innkeepers. And so we've got that going on and then lots of like little side hustles underneath that. But then we do a lot for the community. I serve on several diversity, equity and inclusion task forces and committees. Um, and then last summer after the murder of George Floyd, um, there was a, a big movement here in the Tri-Cities. And so um, organizations popped up and were, were being formed. And I ended up being voted in as the chairperson for the New Generation Freedom Fighters. And then there's another organization out of Johnson City that's the New Panther Initiative. And then we had Already, of course, our Washington County, Johnson City chapter of the NAACP, and then the TNBA Mutual Aid. Um, and we've all been teaming up. Um, as, well, we've been working together since last summer, but this is like a major effort to, on purpose, let people know that we are all joining forces um, with this whole issue with ETSU. Yes, and I saw you all had a march out there the other day, and had video out there of it. Tell us about that because, you know, Coach Shea's a good man. He didn't deserve what he got. And um, all because he decided to take a stand for his, with his players and force players. Their First Amendment rights, might I add, that they can do that. You got guys like mm -hmm. Nolan and Carter and Joe and General Shell, all those people want to act the fool and force the man out. And so if he – now, this is, this is what killed part, Caitlin. If he resigned – resigned he wouldn't be getting paid was getting paid so you know he was you know, that's clear as day he was forced out with our settlement so he wouldn't sue so how's the community yeah. up there been responding to it so far um so we are you know the demographics up here are very telling um if you look at you know voting records from here we're in a very red saturated region and so you know I'm sure you're very well aware, you know, with Kaepernick kneeling and everything, when that happened, um, the story behind him kneeling and not just sitting down for the anthem and him working with that veteran and, you know, kneeling is more respectful, that sort of thing. Um, it's all been made very clear over and over again till we're blue in the face that this was not meant as an act of disrespect to veterans or to the flag is simply um, a reverent form of protest that's been going on and people up here lost their minds over it and are they have their own agenda and they're railroading you know that it's anti-america and anti-veteran and anti-us and it's just it's just exhausting and so we're just trying to show up and give the support that's needed um, and to show, I mean, there's 
there's lots of people that are quiet in this community, mostly white people that, you know, they aren't used to protesting because they don't really have much to be upset about that's going on literally playing out day by day. Um, and so we're just showing up to show the support, shine a light on uh, Coach Shea being forced out. And then these players that are leaving, you know, they all transferred here from all over the country to come and play ball and get an education. And then as soon as they kneel and people caught wind of it, just, you know, verbally shaming them out in the parking lot. I don't know, or you read Jordan Coffin's um, piece today and him telling the story about uh, the man in the truck, just, you know, jumping out and being like, you're a disgrace. Da, 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 da. And it's just like, y'all, you can't do that to people. You shouldn't do that to people anyway. And so, you know, I have a full-time job. Um, we all have lives. We're trying to you know, live to the fullest. And unfortunately, when this stuff happens, if you don't address it, mm -hmm. it's just going to keep getting worse and they'll gain a foothold. And, you know, it's already bad here, but we're just trying to to counter as best that we can. Oh, yes. And that's the main thing about bodies, because like a lot of times racists do, Caitlin, you know, this they hide behind their patriotism to mask their racism. Like, America was founded on protest. Did we find the Union Jack rather than the American flag if it wasn't a protest, right? And exactly. if you were kneeling to pray during the national anthem, it, would be, it wouldn't be a problem. If we kneeling to protest Black Lives Police brutality, it's a problem. Because, see, Black lives not ever been a premium in this country. We've always been second class citizens to, in this country. Always. Mm -hmm. Like, I live in the burbs in Atlanta. I'm the only black in my neighborhood. When I have parties, the police show up at my door. You know, in public, when I walk, people want to avoid the aisle I'm on. I come on, hurt them or something. This is in Atlanta, in Georgia, in Atlanta suburbs, right? So mm -hmm. I know John C is way worse than what I deal with out here. <laughs> you know, so yeah. But it's like no matter where you go, as a Per, black person here, you're always a target. Like you're a threat. We're trying to live our lives. And when you're white, you, you never had to protest for anything. It's always been given to you by general principle. Because this culture's built on the backs of black people, slaving away. That's how this country mm -hmm. got all made all its wealthy gap. But so we're protesting for our rights that we that we deserve based on the Constitution that you said you say that you go that you live and die by. That's that's the problem. And that's the part I can't stand about the hypocrites like Joe, General Michelle, Nolan Carter, Lundberg, and Crow, and other Republicans in Tennessee legislature who say they're Christians, but their pastors tell me that that they're not. And the Jesus that they claim to love is not a conservative. He's very much a liberal. <laughs> radical <laughs> you know it's so true our representatives I was I wasn't shocked when when the backlash started coming out but with these newly elected representatives because we used to have Matthew Hill and Micah Van Huss and you know they were their own category of oh my gosh um 
And now we've got Rebecca Alexander and Tim Hicks and, you know, Hicks made the comment in his statement to the press that we should, that they should find out why the, the athletes were kneeling and get their story. And this is an opportunity to have dialogue and to, to learn something. And, you know, and Nolan mentioned that in, a, in several of his statements and stuff as well. But then you've got Rebecca Alexander, who just flat out called it a disgrace, but she's supposed to be, I think she's still on the board here in Jonesboro for the Storytellers Guild. And they're all about a story and, and collecting stories and finding out people's history and life and why they are the way that they are. But it seems like there was no interest in finding out you know, what has happened in their lives, what they've experienced, what they're seeing, how it's making them feel. Um, there was no regard for that whatsoever. And then with Hicks, you know, there was no follow-up on coming, you know, they should have come and met these, the team face-to-face -face and had dialogue with them instead of being so quick to pass judgment, so quick up there at the Capitol to put together that um, their own little counter protests demanding that all schools across the state ban kneeling um, during the anthem. You know, it's all about control. And so yes. it's fine that you kneel. Joe Trujillo said, you know, if it was any other time, I'd be the first one there. I doubt it. I highly doubt it. In fact, I'll just go ahead and say that's a, a bold-faced lie. He would not. Yes. Um, or he would have been out there and would have come and said that, address the, you know, let me meet with the players and, you know, maybe we can like do something in solidarity in another way. Like there were so many different avenues that this could have played out. And here we are out in the streets on the sidewalk, of course, because, you know, the protester laws have changed because they're legit wanting silence. And um, so... It's, it's just incredibly shameful. These people are supposed to be serving everyone in their, in their region and in their district. And it's anything but, anything but that. And it's just, it just makes it hard, harder to live here and to, to just keep going. Well, I will commend you to keep on pushing and I will help you with my show, put pressure on these people because I'm not, I'm not, not going to allow it to go on because I'm tired of it myself. I'm sick of it, actually. And I'll tell mm -hmm. you this. I've I lost seven sponsors, but I've gained 12 more since I've been talking about my issues, right? So I'm not discussing just sports. I'm talking about issues that matter to yeah. me. Because when I take off my gear, I'm still just a black dude in Georgia. And that's how I see it. I leave the arena or I leave wherever I'm at, I'm just a black dude in Georgia. Once I leave that, that, that little bubble I'm in. So no, nah, I'm, I'm gonna call it out and see the the reaction of the community up there and the administrators and the, and the state legislatures are right in England because you don't care. We have to make you aware. We can throw it in your face, make you uncomfortable. Because black people have not made any progress in this country just being meek and humble. We've had to call, we had to make some throw it in your face, make you realize what you're doing is wrong. We want to change. We've never we've never got nothing by being silent. And see, you got those types who want you to suffer, suffer silently. No, we got to be loud, boisterous, and state our opinion. We cannot let them run over us. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to. Whether it be Crow, Lundberg, whoever, I'm going to call you out for it. And exactly. I don't care. 
And I'm going to say this, and I don't care. That's when Oliver is upon their shield. I don't care. You won't be on my show. I ain't talking to you, brother. I ain't doing it. I'll talk to the coach Shay anytime, never you. Because you let yourself be used as a pawn and a shield to, for a PR win for this school. I can't I was respect very shocked. Yeah. And you saw that the the brothers, is it the Brewer brothers? Yes. They entered the portal after their first practice mm -hmm. with Oliver. Um, and, and I'd just like to clarify, uh, there have been rumblings and foolishness and lies going around actually from our mayor here in Jonesboro. He's not my biggest fan um, and I'm not his, but um, you know, they tried to say that we were out there protesting Oliver, coach Oliver, and we were not, we were out there protesting the whole situation and the systemic yes. racism and the shaming and all of that. Um, that's the game. Actually, they, that's the game they play. Out trying to put you, pitch you against each other. Oh, you're protesting the yeah. black guy. It's like, yeah. dude, you're not slick. I, we know what you're doing. Exactly. We know we why actually we're out had there. a. We had a moment to, you know, give him a round of applause because, you know, that's a black man that got that coach or that coaching position, that head coach job, and then the women's team they just got a black head coach as well. Um, and so, you know, it has nothing to do with race. We weren't out here like we want a black coach and all this stuff. It's like, how dare you? Because it's so hard to get people that are not minorities to speak up in defense of their black friends, Asian friends, anybody. It's hard because you're going to have to walk the walk with us. Like once you cross that line you're open to the backlash and to the snarky comments and people being shady and nasty and just mm. flat out threatening in your DMs and stuff. And so once somebody does cross that line, like how dare you push that man out? He was doing exactly what a coach is supposed to do, which it is more than basketball. It's more than being on the court. You know, yes. the, he was supporting them in more ways than than any, if there was no kneeling or any sort of um, racial tension and things going on, you know, he was a good coach. But the fact that he knelt with his team, that he had dialogue with them, um, wanting to understand and then stood by them unwaveringly. I mean, that is just so noble. And for him to be smacked down like that, um, it's just, truly embarrassing and they want to talk about we're diverse and we don't have any problems here and it's just like y'all are just wow. so blind to the fact and blind and deaf because we're you know I'm in there having meetings and doing it you know the non-protesting way and and we've made a little bit of headway with that but then you know you turn around or you miss a meeting or stop you know, stop the dialogue because life goes on and you've got to pay attention over here with your job or what have you. And then this kind of foolishness pops up and it's just like, we're not back at square one because we're already, the volume's already turned up, you know? So we're like on 10 waiting. Yes. <laughs> and it shouldn't have to be this way. 
Yes, and I had on Coach Sherry earlier, earlier this year. He talked about how he had grown and listened to his players' stories. He understood even better what, where they were coming from. He talked about that on my show when he had last time I had him on the show for his interview. We talked about that. Uh, so, like, mm-hmm. he really got it. And I heard Desmond Oliver's comments about Nielsen. It's, it, I was, it was painful watching him be twisted and not trying to avoid saying the wrong thing. I'm like, hmm. Like, like I thought. PR, you, you, they paid you to be a puppet. Yeah, because I'm, I'm saying it. You really, you're a puppet, Oliver. I'm not. I'm not going to sit up here and critical this. This is the boss man show. I'm going to tell you the truth. I heard what I heard. You, you was trying to dance around it. Oh, we talk to people, then you do avoid having to kneel. You, you talk and kneel. You can talk and protest. That's bring people aware. You want? Cause see, I get it. I, I get it. You were at UT. And, and I know what you tease about as well. Okay, you don't want to make the, the fans mad who are not a, of our color complexion. I know. It's not, it's, it, it's, it's not, it's not, no, it's not no novel. And Rick Barnes puts you as the guy to do it. Don't can't, can't keep them in line. Can't get, get them back on. Like, I know how this game works. Some of the coaches are there to keep the, the dudes in line. Because when the dudes get, quote, unquote, too black, they have a black coach on staff to get, get them back on line. Match them back. So, if you okay, look at most staffs in college basketball. It's usually one brother on the staff, at least, minimum. Why is that? That's the coach that's going to get the brothers back in line when they, when, when they go crazy. <laughs> or get too black for the coach who can't handle it. That's the that's the real reason why most of them have a black coach on staff at least. I'm just telling y'all this like inside trick. There's schools that like have, yeah, yeah, yeah. When they get too crazy, you, you 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 go calm them down. You can relate to them. That's your job. Like nah. So look, people saying telling me Jr. You shouldn't talk about Desmond that way. Nah, I'm I'm a, I'm, I'm a realist. Um, he had to take that job. After what went on, you took that job? Quick, too. Like, come on now. Real quick. Of all the jobs out there, no one just went down with Coach Shea. No, you, you got know, you have to know, know the backstory. But you said, nah, 325. It's an upgrade while I'm making a UT. I'll do it. I'll be the pawn in the shield. The cover, and in his responses, I said, "Yep, you're the good old boy. You're Clarence Thomas, Ben, Ben Carson, Tim Scott, all rolled in one. <laughs> A disappointment. <laughs> it's sad, but but it's true. I mean, and even with, and I watched the a portion of the press conference, and then of his announcement, and then I did catch that." interview where he was talking about, you know, uh, communicating better, having better communication skills, which, eh, you know, it's not, the communication's there. The breakdown is not on our side. It's on the side that's not listening. It's understanding and, and so, comprehension, sucker. That's <laughs> what it boils down to. Understanding and comprehension and acceptance. Those are the three yeah. key factors that, that many non-black people who feel the way they feel do not 
un, do not come to grips with. It's understanding, comprehension, and acceptance. This is what's going on in our country. We're shedding light upon it. Then you, did, then, you did, then you get a black face to speak say these talking points to make it to tamp it down. I just communicating, talk better. No, it's understanding, comprehension, and acceptance. Sucker. Like, On both sides. Exactly. And so, I mean, obviously, I mean, like you said, it makes sense of why he wouldn't jump in and say something because they would have snatched that check immediately. And that extra 75000 Fifty seventy-five thousand dollars that he's making more than Coach Shea did, you know, I, that's just insurance mm. to to be quiet, to keep them in check and in line. And honestly, I I do hope that the rest of the team that feels uncomfortable, I hope that they transfer. I hope that they go to a school where they will be uh, better received from the majority of the community and the, you know, the administration. I mean, it's just, it, it just makes it hard. The, we're like, I'm biracial, so I represent 2.7% of Jonesboro and then Johnson City, which is much larger than our small town, it might be 2.9. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then the black population is like 6%. And so you wonder why people graduate from Science Hill and Crockett and wherever around here and then they get the heck out of here because there is nothing for you here. You have to literally build it. And so, you know, I, my husband and I graduated from Science Hill. I'm actually from Savannah, Georgia. My dad was a high school teacher yeah, I saw down that. there. And, um, so I came from an extremely diverse city and we moved up here. And I remember the first thing my dad said when we got out of the moving truck to the realtor, he was just like, where are all the black people? And she was stunned. She was this little white lady and she was just like, uh, they live over in that area. It was just a mess. But you, you realize, you look around and it's just like, well, I don't know why they don't want to be here because no one is making an effort to you know, if you do build something, support them. If you do see something that's going wrong or somebody being discriminatory, say something. And instead, people just want to turn a blind eye and just carry on because if it's not affecting them, exactly. they don't think it's going to affect everyone else in the community. Exactly. But that this, this area, the East Tennessee State University and the Tri-Cities, it's getting a real bad name, and honestly, it deserves it. And I'm glad that it's all coming out. I hate that, you know, Coach Shea was a casualty and that the the players are, are leaving. Um, but like I said, good for them. Good good on you to, to go. They don't deserve your talent. Um, they don't – you don't deserve to be exploited by this school. You know, it's the shut up and dribble, shut up and play. Um, this isn't – this isn't a gladiator event. You know, you aren't just down there for entertainment. This is, you may have a scholarship. Good, you earned it. Like they're going to threaten to take something away from you mm -hmm. for, for wanting to speak your mind, which is what a college education is supposed to do. You know, that's where you go and you expand 
on all of the different horizons and like, you know, you get a very good vantage point of like what direction you want to go in your life. And for this to happen to them, I mean, I can only imagine that it's going to be scarring to some degree. And that's just, I mean, disappointing, disgusting, horrific. Like, it's just sad. It's truly sad. And it hurts my heart because I have two younger brothers. They both, one is um, in trade and the other graduated from Duke. He was a professional Frisbee or played ultimate Frisbee for them. Um, and they were both swimmers, but they both don't want to be here. And it's understood why. And we literally discuss, you know, if they're leaving from visiting us, like, you're not going to wear your hood when you go out, are you? Okay, just make sure. Call me when you get there. You know, don't drive crazy. Da -da -da. They're both extremely respectful young men. But I still worry. And I want them to get out of here. But I'm going to stay <laughs> and keep fighting because it's not going to change if everyone leaves. And so, you know, it, it's not fun being in this situation and in this predicament. Um, and I never once thought that I would be doing what I'm doing today and all this last year, but it's, it's, I'm fed up. You know, you can only affect change if you actually start the ripple. And so consider me a drop in the bucket. Um, and let the ripple continue because things just have to change here. And if it includes, you know, protesting, boycotting, um, just being honest about stuff and being fearless to step up and speak out about it, regardless of what people want to call you or say you're mm -hmm. seeking attention and all this. I'm not trying to get attention for myself. I'm trying to get you to look over here at what's going on. Like, ignore me. I'm just the voice narrating what's happening over here. Can you please stop talking about me and talk about the issue of what I'm trying to talk about? That's, that's all it is, is just smoke and mirrors up here. And so yes, hopefully things will change, but voting, it's, it's going to be a slow, a slow transition here. Cause it's just, Yes. Hopefully the GOP will show out enough that they will, you know, dig their own graves. But yes. people just need to keep showing up, keep voting, run for public office, you know, down ballot. It's important. It doesn't matter if you're just a clerk in the courthouse, um, you know, an alderman, alderwoman, school board, whatever. Just representation is so important. And so we're going to keep on keeping on. Exactly. Well, you said it great. And, and I will say this. I'm fearful that Tennessee may try to copy the Georgia law. I, I fear that it's coming. They're going to try to copy that law. So make sure you all fight against it. And I, I don't know the Tennessee corporations. I guess FedEx is one of them. But besides, I don't know I don't know what they are. But they need to come together and say no to the legislature of Tennessee. We ain't doing this. Because... Yeah. It's not, it's not, you shouldn't restrict, just because your policies are trash, I mean, you should either pick your own voters. You know, that's what it's about. The policies are trash. Now you're saying that black and brown people voting is fraud. That's just pretty much what Brian Kemp, the press people saying. Oh, these mm -hmm. black people who were voting and brown people right there, it was fraudulent. Election integrity is the, now the new voter suppression tactic. That's the new voter suppression. Mm -hmm. So be very vigilant and aware, Tri-Cities area. 
and I'm gonna help y'all. I, I might even come up there and do a live show up there and teach them a lesson. <laughs> I'm, I'm not playing with you people. I still have a house in Nashville. I pay taxes in that state. Okay, so guess mm -hmm. what? I have Tennessee roots. I can go up there and lay the smack down all you suckers up there. Let you know how what it really is. <laughs> I'm you not scared of you. I'm scared of them now. <laughs> you know, I'm not scared because I'll say an RIB. Like I got like I said to people, where people are scared to say, I'll say it. I don't care because I own my own show. I have my own station distributors. I have my own syndication. So guess what? You got to deal with me for this content. So guess what? I don't care if you get mad at what I say. I'm keep something saying, come on. I'd rather speak the truth. I don't want to be one of those people who beat, beat around the bush. You know what I'm saying? I want to keep it real with the people. And it's some some of it is uncomfortable for people, but it's the truth. And as they say, it will set you free. You know? It really will. It really will. And that's, so we own our own business. We're an inn. We rely on tourism, which took a hit because of the pandemic, of course. But yeah. like I said, we have little side hustles and stuff. And so we already have a good support base for our business but people are like you keep speaking out like that your business is going to tank and I'm like you don't you never supported from day one anyway so one we're not missing your your business and two if you're you know putting up billboards out of state to stop people from staying here more power to you if you've got to put in that much effort but I'm not worried about anybody here um you know being upset about me being a big mouth and, and doing what I'm doing. Um, my husband backs me up 100%. He's born and raised here. He's white. And he is just completely embarrassed and just, he's shocked. But like I said, he's white. <laughs> and so just to hear my perspective on things gives him you know, it takes the wool off of his eyes. And so he's trying to help his friends and his family to understand things that are going on. And there was a conversation about the voter suppression um, laws that are going on down in Georgia. And his mom just could not wrap her head around, you know, how is this suppression if they're, you know, having to wait, we have to wait in long lines too. Never had to wait longer than 30 minutes to an hour. These Try lines are like 10 hours, 12 hours long. Yeah can't give them water. I said, I know good and well that if one, she wouldn't come with a backpack and two, she would be the first one to be like, well, isn't there some sort of snack station and can't we get some water and be like, no, it's illegal. Sorry. You know, just trying to, to break down these barriers one person at a time, at least in my inner circle. And, um, and there are a lot of, um, older people in my community here in Jonesboro that, that definitely support. And they're a little more apprehensive to get out of the house and go, you know, protest or march um, due to COVID and, and not knowing who's vaccinated and things like that. But, um, you know, that verbal support, the affirmations, um, them having conversations with other people like they're doing the work in their small circles. And so, you know, as long as we can keep that up, slowly people will start to be educated, but just, <laughs> I just stay off the comment section on the news articles and anything like that, because that is where, that's where the trolls go to feel that they're, they're being heard. 
Mm-hmm. And I don't have time for that. Last one for you. What are your thoughts on the Jordan Coffin article that he released in the Players Tribune? I find it very moving and also upsetting at the same time. It was incredibly moving. It was a firsthand experience of what was going on. Um, it, I, it was, you know, it was, I kept thinking, oh no, this can't be the end. And I kept scrolling and it kept going. And so I was, I was glad he wrote, you know, to the link that he did, but that portion about, about he and the rest of the team being silent while coach Shea was giving the announcement that he was going to be resigning and just describing the look on his face of being a defeated man, obviously, you know, from his, his perspective being forced out. And then the afterthought once he left of the guilt that they feel or apparently are feeling um, that if they hadn't knelt or wanted to kneel, then coach Shea would still have his job. And that right there is what is so detrimental. You know, it, it breaks them down. And at least in my mind, I hope that they don't feel broken down, but you know that it's just, it knocks your kneecaps out to feel like it's partially their fault, which it's not whatsoever. They all did the right thing. Shay, the team, all of them. And so reading where he was saying, you know, that, that they just feel bad and that they, they don't really you know, know what to do. And then the account of the man in the truck getting out of the truck and calling him a disgrace and all that. And then they just walked on and got in their cars and left, but said they were all shook. Like <laughs> that's what it is here. And it's, it's awful. And that's why I say, if you want to go, go, they don't deserve your talent here. They don't. And, and apologies, which there hasn't been a single one. Um, no changed behavior, just trying to sweep everything under the rug, you know, that's just not going to fly. And so if they do all leave, we aren't going to stop talking about it. We aren't going to stop shaming people about it. They need to change their policies. And, um, you know, I'm just glad that he, that he wrote that. It was, it was definitely a very brave thing to do. And um, I'm, I'm just always thankful if I see an article or an interview um, from any of the players to be sure to share it because, you know, they were there. They yes. are the ones that knelt and they're in the midst of all this. And so we are just, like I said, it's not about us. It's about supporting them and then shining that light on the racial uh, inequality and the police brutality and just not letting go. Yes, indeed. Well, Caitlin, it's been fun to have you on the show. Brad was right. You you bring the heat just like I do. I like it. <laughs> got, got to do it again real soon. Let me know. If you got going on up there, let me know. We'll yeah. talk about it for sure, okay? Yeah, absolutely. We do have a protest tomorrow. We're going to be out on North Rome Street boycotting Johnson City Honda. Yes. I wish I could be there to do it with you. I wish I could be there with you. Be to, there tell, spirit. to tell Joe how I feel about him. <laughs> I don't want well, your I don't want your cheap Honda sucker. I go another Honda dealership or Kia or whatever else other than you sucker. <laughs> CarMax, <laughs> get it ordered. Carfax.com. Anything better than you. Hey, Tracy's area. <laughs> go online, buy your car. Don't go to him. 
Make him suffer his pockets. Joe, I'm going to take you down, sucker. <laughs> and there you go. You're already there in spirit. It's already yes. out there in the universe. <laughs> yes, indeed. Hey, Caitlin, thank you so much for your time. Be blessed. I'll talk to you real soon, okay? Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right. Bye now. Bye now. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.